going on, DJ Nation? Kenny Kim here bringing you another Fantasy Golf Degenerates podcast this week for the Sanderson Farms Championship. As usual, I am here with a, another GPP winner, another GPP, GPP win for Mr. Tyler Tambley. Tyler, what is up, my friend? Yeah, another another great week. The Canadians did not show up at the President's God, Cup, but screwed. I showed up at the President's Cup, and it ended up being a pretty good week. So, yeah, excited about that one. Got the takedown. Love love a good game theory week, Kenny. We put the work in. You were up there, too. Yeah, we had shots on Sunday. It was just the way it shook out. You were a 2v2 away from me and ended up being a solid runner. I, I needed a lot of luck. I needed Munoz to beat the number one in the world, Scotty Scheffler, after not starting round one. I needed Tom Kim to fend off the Homa comeback, which that seven footer on 18 was for all the money. Or I'm sorry, on 17 was for all the money. If he misses that, Homa gets that whole one, no hold play bonus on 18 and match one. And I lose by like 0.5. So literally the perfect run out. It's been a good four days. So, you know, get back at it again tonight. We got Monday night football, but we're back. We got Sanderson Farms. So a lot to talk about here on this, on the show. That sounds good. You want to talk a little bit about, uh, prize picks before we get started yeah before we get into it we'll do as always talk about our sponsor prizepicks.com you guys can head on over to prizepicks.com use promo code mmn get yourself a 100 deposit bonus up to 100 bucks on your first deposit we're doing everything with it i told you guys already every wednesday night thursday morning give or take comes out a nfl prize pick show that i do for swing season won't be a lot of the golf conversation just yet but they are going to have set up lines for us going into the regular season where we can talk about it it's Daily Fantasy Made Easy, prize picks, a bunch of ways you can do them. I'm excited for it. It's a lot of fun. Easier, like you talked about last time. We, we keep talking it up, but it's an easy way to make money. So if you haven't signed up yet, you can go over to prizepicks.com, use promo code MMN. That's going to be it for this week, Kenny. Yeah, like Tambo said, I was, I think I had the 10th best lineup. I finished 51st. Of course, there's going to be a whole bunch of dupes in that big $20. Uh, so I was up there as well. Of course, 51st just 200 bucks. Well, what did you win like 25k even though yours was duped like god knows how many times yeah so 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 it's still winning week uh, i only had five items in uh so yeah winning week i'll take it uh what an event uh i thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed uh the president's cup i mean yes it was an ass beating we all figured it was going to be an ass beating but there was that little moment just a little moment on sunday i think it was like midday when um, maybe like around two or three o'clock when the Americans had just missed like three, three footers in a row, right? Like back to back to back, like three straight shots on the TV. Um, I forget who it was. And, 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 and everything was getting really, really close. Um, you know, it came down to the last few matches, four matches. Uh, but overall it was a great event. I mean, the internationals had chances. I mean, the first, what, uh, the first two days, I think like eight of the 10 matches went to 17. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they were only able to pull out what they played uh, two points yep. uh, out, of, out of that. And, and that's sort of what did him in. Uh, maybe it was nerves in the beginning of the week uh, because, you know, a lot of them, eight rookies on the team, they'd have no idea what to expect. Uh, that That's probably, sorry, that's probably what was to blame when it comes down to it and you can blame the Canadians y'all fucking suck the parents in general honestly to forget that I know it's a good joke between us and the Koreans crush I'm happy for you but I'm just saying the pairings on both sides on the redraws in some cases were very questionable sitting your best team for the Americans after they just crushed and to your point Kenny that was the interesting part like 
day one even. I know it was 4-1, but X and Cantlay blowout for sure. The other four matchups, they went pretty deep. Like there, there was definitely a chance. And then you had not make, you know, I'm not sticking up for the international side. They were minus 700 uh, was the, was the favorites, the U S going into this thing. We were, we joked about it last week with the internationals. Not, none of us were going, putting crazy money on this thing, but the I point was 40 like, bucks. I put yeah. a FOMO bet 40 Beath, bucks on the international Beath was just, in case. Things, you know? <laughs> just Burn, in case. Burns was doing crazy stuff with the putter. Cam young was doing crazy stuff with the putter. Like that's in some of those close matchups. It's not validation. That's variance. It can go either way. The point being, it was actually entertaining, man. Like, even though it was a bit of a blowout early on, then like you said, there was that certain moment around Saturday where I think someone like Riggs or someone from Barstool tweeted, is like, you know that, you know, in these big events, when you get that moment where it just feels like all the momentum shifting one way and you think, you know, there's saying there's a chance dot Jeff with Jim Carrey, it felt like that for just a minute. And then it went away. And obviously singles was fun on Sunday. I, I always like the singles way better personally, but like I said, some I of the see, stuff I'm, I'm more of the, I'm more of the team play in the first three days. That's what I love. That's, that's why you what love I want to see. That, that's why you I, love I, I guess that could be it. That could be a reason. Because it is I just so love, much fun though. I just it. love that team competition. Just, just playing for another guy. You saw Siwoo and Tom. I mean, they, I mean, skill wise, they shouldn't have been able to compete. Right. I mean, if you would expect, I mean, just, just pure talent wise, uh, they weren't supposed to compete uh, on that final match on Saturday. Uh, but they just kept bringing each other up and yeah. up and, and getting to the hype. And that got through to the next day. That Siwoo JT match. Amazing. I was just going to say, that was incredible. One of the best matches. And I mean, JT, God, no, JT uh, got to whining again a little bit about the yeah, putt. Yeah. Oh, he does that all the time. Happened. He got crushed. Usually he uses that, that to his advantage. Yeah. Usually he'll, he'll, what I was worried about that when Siwoo didn't give him that, you know, two footer. I was like, you don't really want to egg JT on. I said last week that he wasn't that good at the President's Cup. I, I, I think I was looking at somebody else. I was completely wrong about that. <laughs> he, I think I think I I think I was thinking about like Spieth. I don't know what I was thinking. It was a mistake on my end. The guy's one of the best out there on in the President's Cup in the Ryder Cup, you know. And 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 to do and to just you don't want to piss him off because he's the type of guy that uses that shit. But when you got uh, nothing the, to lose, which is the yeah. case that, that Siwoo had there, who cares? Make him Yeah, that's it. true. That's true. And he what did, happened? and it actually got into his head, and he fucked up, and he lost a whole bunch of holes coming in, and he lost match uh, right. is what happened. Uh, and, but, I mean, what a match. I mean, both of them had that putt on 18, which is basically the same putt, you know. Uh, Siwoo <laughs> drilled his. Uh, great match. Very, very entertaining. Uh, once again, the live guys are there. Probably a different story. Uh, but I think it's good for the future of the event because there is talk where people didn't even want to see this event played anymore, you know, with the live guys gone and how much the United States are going to whoop that ass. Now, this one at least gave it a little hope for home because at home for the internationals last two times, it's been very close, very, very tight. Uh, so hopefully we can find another Tom Kim or have half the team be Korean next time and we'll be fine. You know, you have six Koreans, uh, on that team next time, uh, bring them out uh, three the first day, three the second day, have them all three, three uh, on the third day, and then play their singles, print money, print, yeah. pr- print, print trophies. Just get the Koreans out there. Well, we're fucking good to go. How, how far do you think the Tom Kim hype went? Because the, the hype train has existed for a little while, but not anything like this. Like anyone that knew him, we, you know, we go back to the days on Twitter, uh, Jude Deloy, 
And then Sky, Hook, those, those guys brought him up like back in 2017, I think, is what the, the original tweet keeps getting pulled from. I hopped on the train, if you will, around like 18, 19, getting excited about this kid for, for nothing like I would ever expect like this. We were playing him as like a value play in DFS and things like that. Obviously, at the Open this year, at a cheap price tag, the hype sort of lifted up from there. I think it was 6,300 there, and we saw the rise from there. But man, the guy was getting some real, real screen time this weekend. And the coolest quote I read, uh, Dylan Dithier, I forget how you say his last name, but he's on Twitter, great follow, did an article on it. And the quote in there was just awesome of Trevor Immelman saying, when he really saw it with this kid, and this is taking it far, it's still Tom Kim we're talking about, it's not the next, you know, ROM or something like that for the international side or something in the future. But he said the best thing he saw out of him was like a 200-yard shot out. He was always way behind with his drives. All the U.S. boys, the best in the world, are behind his ass watching him because it's about to be over. It's him versus Homa. And he says he just slices it up to like five feet just in front of all these dudes. Like, that is some incredible stuff. Like, just the, the pressure, everything that's there. Again, you could say there's no pressure because the internationals are out of it. But still take some balls to go do that with everybody there. Like, the probably your heroes. He's taking pictures with them, calling it the boys and having fun with them while he's there at the event. So, I mean, it's definitely some good stuff. It's still fun to watch. It made the event. It just brought some life into it for the international side, at least from my perspective. Yeah. Roster Koreans win cups. That's it. That's <laughs> it. Hero. Uh, yeah. That's it. Uh, I mean, other guys who, who showed up Munoz are uh, really pissed. He withdrew uh, from the Sanderson because to go in there, I think he went like three and oh, right. He crashed he went three. I think he went three and oh, right. He went three and oh out there. Don't know why I only played three. Uh, but he went three and zero out there, um, either three and zero or two and one, one of the two. Uh, and he goes out there, you know, whooping up on these American boys coming out here. If he came to the San Jose Farms, he'd be like, "Yo, I should crush these motherfuckers." You know what I'm saying? Like after what he did at at, at the Presidents Cup, and so he was in my Cascade Cornerstones. So I had to like totally adjust. That sort of sucked. Uh, but we, but, we've uh, always said that about him, even at other events. Like Munoz is a bit of a killer. We we always said like Kucher was the smiling. What we call him, like the smiling villain or something, or the smiling assassin. That's what Munoz kind is. He's always smiling when we went go back to the flex seal days, but he would just be mowing boys down, making, you know, seven under, eight under on the round on a Saturday to get into the mix going into Sunday. And then he's right there. So I think that kind of made sense for me, but this is interesting withdraw timing. I know there was already rumors about him going to live. If he is, talk about a walk-off, beat Scotty Scheffler, number one in the world, who, by the way, you, you talked about the Canadians. Uh, good Twitter joke, but the Scotty Scheffler heater, it's got to be over, right? That That's over. It was, it was just, I mean, heat, you know, they shot now. like 62 and lost or some shit, right? <laughs> Didn't they? Burns and Burns and Scheffler. I mean, uh, Burns played well and he got half a point. Yeah, you know, that, I, that I, was I, something. Yeah, but like, yeah. again, he, what did he knock down? Like an 81 footer and a 60 footer? Yeah. Two, yeah, out of the, yeah. two of the holes there. Yeah, like, Chef was, didn't look that great. Burns looked a lot better. Yeah. Either way, I don't know. Like that was another one I thought. Like again, the way they warmed up, and we talked about this on last week's pod. I really thought after the round one L, if they take it, which they did, I thought you would see them go to Burns Horschel. And just because they have the history together and playing well in those formats, why not roll it and then get Scotty with somebody else to switch it up? But again, they never needed it. It was just you know minus seven hundred for a reason. We talked about it. Cannot believe it opened at three hundred, even with. Cam Smith in there. Like, I don't know if he's worth that much to the line. So Neiman, I guess too, but once they were announced, it only slowly got to minus 700 where it ended. But my point is like, that was just, it was obvious. It was, it was going to happen that way. So got closer than it probably should have. And it made for, for a great event in the end, I thought. Yeah. So, I mean, like next, 
President's Cup is in Montreal. I am planning on being there. We're going. Uh, for sure. Yeah, I'm planning on being there. The problem is it's in Canada. That's not a problem. How many fucking Canadians are going to be on the team? Hopefully none, because you all fucking suck. <laughs> now, now what, what could happen was, what could happen is they use that to, to play well uh, in their home field. You know, they know that they suck last time they come out, play better at home. That could definitely be something we see, hopefully, uh, in 2024 in Montreal. Anything I think it makes it exciting, at least, to get it on, uh, you know, an international turf, if you will, where we're going to be in Canada for it and mm-hmm. something we can all get to, but you'll still have a bunch of American fans there. Like, it, it's going to be awesome and just people rooting for both sides because of that. So I'm, I'm definitely excited for that one, man. That's going to be a great event. Definitely going. That's already on the calendar, planned out, 100% locked in. Yep, we're, we're in there. All right, so let's move on. Anything else you want to talk about the President's Cup? No, I think that's good. Man, we, t- we talked about it all. <laughs> all right, so there was no listener league last week. If I was, if I'm right, right? There was no listener league. Yeah, no listener league last week. We're still waiting to hear back from this week. They assured us we would have one, but obviously with the swing season, football, everything else going on, we just can't guarantee it. But we can guarantee is when it comes back, we will tweet it out, have it out there for you. Follow me on Twitter at Totag and Tambo. You'll see it out there. And then on top of that, it'll it'll qualify for the TOC when we get it out there. The minute it comes out, the first week. Any winners that come from any tournaments will be in the Tournament of Champions at the end of the year. All right, so let's get to this one. The PGA Tour heads to Mississippi for the Sanderson Farms Championship from uh, the Country Club of Jackson. Um, the Country Club of Jackson has hosted this event for like the last seven years, and the seven winners have used like a variety of different skill sets to get the job done. You know, Ryan Armour, um, especially off the tee. You know, Ryan Armour, Peter Malnati. Like, Ryan Armour, when he won year, he averaged 269 and a half yards with his drive just for comparison um i think like champ cameron champ when he won here averaged like 335 yards for per drive so huge difference uh right there so you, you know i'm all nice shorter guy uh, they both averaged less than 270 yards off the tee nick taylor cody gribble uh, hit driver off the tee a bunch around 295 off the tee gribble 312 you know and then champ and munoz uh you know a couple of years ago and then of course you have sergio in there uh, who's, you know, just tee to green magic. Uh, so, yeah, you can win this in any type of way off the tee. You don't have to be a bomber. It's going to help. It's going to help. But you don't have to be, as we've seen uh, from these winners. Um, now, uh, you know, one thing that was very similar between the golfers, all these golfers, the one was solid iron play. Uh, only Gribble is outside the top 10 in greens and regulation for the week of their win. Also, five of the last seven winners were inside the top 11 in putts per green and regulation. Um, in putts per, per green and regulation and we're strong in strokes game putting. Uh, so what does this really tell us? Not much, actually. Basically, any type of golfer whose putter gets hot can win this event, which makes it more difficult to narrow down the playing field. Like, my betting card is fucking ridiculous. Uh, you know, this course should be well-suited for aggressive dri- drivers since the rough is short and there aren't too many problems off the box. Now, hitting it 350 yards off the tee isn't going to help if the wedge game is poor, but distance off the tee, like I said, should, could help. Could help. Uh, now, poor putters have also fared well here. Uh, the greens seem really easy to putt on. Uh, a couple of tidbits before we go to the course. Five of the last seven winners here, winners here were maiden winners, and three of the seven were tour rookies. Okay, so the course preview. The Country Club of Jackson, 7,400-yard-plus par 72 with the traditional four par threes, four par fives, par fives. You're going to get your scoring on the par fives, but they're not like automatic birdie holes. There's been some times where um, the birdie rate on these 
well, four part fours have been in the bottom 15. It doesn't happen every year, but it's happened more than once uh, at this course where, um, you know, the, 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 the four part fives are in the bottom 15 uh, for courses uh, on tour each year. Uh, and that's for uh, scoring average. Now, three of them are quite lengthy, 584, 590, 615, and the par 5 11th uh, has a giant pond in front of the green, leading to many to lay up on the second shot. Now, with the length of talent of many young golfers today, uh, you know, some can go off on the par 5s, of course. I mean, it, it, it's happened at this event. You see people go off. It's just overall, it's not as easy, these par 5s. You know, now some things, you know, you might want to take a peek at par four scoring instead also, because seven of the 10 par fours are under 450 yards, including a drivable par four 15th hole. Um, you know, golfers are going to need to take advantage of these short par fours to contend. Uh, and also two of the par threes are over 200 yards. Now off the tee golfers will see slightly above average with tree line. I, you know what? They're not above average in width. They're average to narrower in width compared to other courses. And it's tree-lined fairways with bunkers guarding the landing zones. Uh, the trees aren't dense. So if players, you know, if golfers hit it into the trees, it's possible. And they still have a, a shot onto the green. Um, again, there aren't too many dog legs. And the Bermuda rough is only around two inches. You're not going to have that much trouble hitting it out of the rough here. I think if I, this course is like 35th to 40th out of like 44 to 46 courses when it comes to difficulty out of the rough. So pretty easy uh, out of the rough on this course. Now, again, that's relative, of course. The Bermuda rough can be hard to hit out of no matter what the length is, just because of the, uh, you know, it causes that flyer type line. It's hard to judge distances. But it seems like at this course doesn't really take into effect that much. Um, all right. Uh, now, you know, I stated before, there'll be a wide array of strategies from the tee box um, outside of the par fives. Of course, it's short enough where we will see most hitting um, less the driver off the tee on on the short, short courses on the short. Hose, you, you can see a lot more drive. I, I've seen personally, I've seen a lot more driver at this course the last two or three years than the previous four. I don't know whether people are looking at the course and figuring it out or if it's a new breed of player that's an aggressive, young, youthful player, and you see a lot of youth in these fall events. Uh, so that could be another reason why I've seen so many more drivers. now. But you don't have to hit driver uh, on this course, but many, many will. Uh, now, uh, you will see, you know, like I said, you're going to see a fair amount of golfers using the bomb and gouge approach. Uh, one thing in favor of short hitters is the fact that the course hasn't seen you know, too much rain uh, recently. So maybe they can get a little bit, a little bit more roll, uh, you know, so, you know, when it comes to approach shots, golfers are going to see average size elevated greens with bunkers, water and runoff areas guarding the putting surface. Uh, the greens have a bit of slope and undulation and missing the greens will lead to eh, a tough ish up and down uh, from below the hole or from the green side bunkers. Strokes gain around the green, very, very little percentage of the winner's, you know, total strokes gained. Uh, when it comes to this event. So not really that big of a deal. Uh, the greens are beating me to grass with a stick meter rating of around 12. Um, even uh, so that's something, and, you know, again, keep an eye on the weather. Uh, the course could definitely lengthen. You could see more drivers if it's soggy. Uh, this course is normally soft anyways, you, you know, especially the, the greens. I know that 
last year they watered the greens uh, pre before each round just to keep them soft because they hadn't had that rain. Uh, so their goal is to keep this course playable, easy, and soft. Tambo. Yeah, a lot of what you said, man. I think, like you said, the bomb and gouge thing stands out. You look even to like last year, and I think, you know, we'll see similar to that, but Burns won it. Cam Young, Buckley, Mullinex, Digala, Varner, um, you know, guys that can still get it out there at least enough. Even last year, like Corey Connors, Zalatoris, uh, Taylor Moore, Matt Wolf. Like there's a bunch of guys there that you just expect that to be the case. Power five scoring, birdie or better. And then another one, Kenny, just stood out to me at least a little bit. I'm never a course history guy anyway, but this place is so random, right? Like Burns won it the year before miscut. And you say, okay, he got better, but there's other examples that I had. Like if you go down through it, like uh, Seamus Power, who's probably become a better golfer nowadays, back in the day, it was like 18th, 19th, just three, four years ago, then miscut, miscut. You see that one. You see, uh, who was another guy? Scott Stallings, miscut last year, sixth the year before that. Like just so much off and on. Keegan Bradley, miscut last year, fourth the year before that. So it really does look like that across the board. Benny on, who we'll talk about later, miscut third the year before that. And then a guy like Streelman, 31st, fourth, and 10th amongst two other miscuts so just looking at the history i'm not really going to focus on that as much i'm setting up i'm going with who sets up for the course well we haven't got any to me like the recent form stuff is all going to be very random off such short fields and short of short events i should say that are uh, you know it's just getting into the swing season and i'm going to bet on talent and some of the stuff with the pricing this week from DraftKings just looks like pure misprices again remembering what that will lead to People like us and others out there that are getting content out for the week saying that and then more going to those price points. So keep that in mind when you're building. You don't want to pump them all together into the same lineup probably, but it doesn't mean you just have to fade to fade. There, you know, Unless you find someone around the range that you think you really like that's a, a better option, by all means, you can always do it. It's golf. But I'm saying there is some prices that I just don't really understand here, and we'll talk about them when we go through the tiers. Let's go ahead and, uh, let's go ahead and get through the tiers. Tambo, why don't you start up in this 10K range? Uh, we're going, of course, uh, what was it, Henley? Who, 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 who's the cheapest? It's Henley up to Burns. Yeah, four guys. Uh, yep. So Henley up to Burns. How are you going? Yeah, I, I like to you know just play this one off ownership. I think Burns is the best play on paper. But if you look at this and look at the stats, they're incredible. But like you just talked about coming off of a, a President's Cup win, playing really well there. So it can carry over. I'm not going to full fade him, but I'm just saying I would be leery of how you go about building your lineups with him just because he's going to be very popular. The well, especially – he played all five matches, like 90 holes in four days. Like I was going to, I was going to, I was going to play Munoz. He only played three. I was going to play, um, you know, yeah, Burns probably. is just so young. I'm cutting you off. I don't care because Burns five matches, Munoz three, it, it doesn't matter, but Burns and them one, people will say, if that's going to become a narrative that keeps his ownership in check, Dad, then he's I'm the best guy him. up here. I'm going to play. I'm going to play him. I'm playing. Yeah. I'm playing him. Yeah. So I, I like that. The, the other thing I was going to say is just the prices, right? Poston and Henley are just way overpriced. Here's the interesting factor, I think, Kenny. If you go back to the last event at the Fortinet, nobody played Thigala because he was priced up to this number. Mm-hmm. Thigala came through and performed quite nicely at the number. So now what I think that leads to is actually him probably being the second highest owned up here, and people just aren't going to pay this for Poston and Henley. Again, does that mean you should just play them blindly? No, but pay- Poston's made, what, one, two, three, four, five, six Five of the last six cuts here, miscut last year, but before that, third and 11th. So, uh, again, not going off full history. The stats, though, back it up. Like I said, if you look at par five, he's eighth in the field. You look at DK scoring and birdies are better. He's top 10 in both. Overall, top 10 in T to green. And then you go to Henley, and the stats are even better. 
across the board. So I think they're the interesting one for tournaments. If you want to start up here, if you want to lump McCarthy in, and then you could do the same group because then Munoz withdrew and we can just do the rest of the night after. I don't think I can get to McCarthy. I know it's a history play, 17th, 6th, 18th, and 7th, but I'll play Henley above him or Poston before I play McCarthy as well. What are you doing up top? Yeah, so I'm starting with Sagala as my cash game cornerstone. Um, I mean, you know, I think a win is coming for him. Everyone knows it. Everyone sees it. This is the type of field that it can happen with. Um, so uh, you know, I like I like um, I like Sigala as my cash game cornerstone. Eighth here last year, coming off what a sixth place or top ten, top fifteen uh, at the Fortnite Championship. Um, you know, I like his par five scoring is is elite. Uh, is, is, is iron game well above average. I like the gala. I think he wins. I bet him 20 to one. So he's my first cash game cornerstone. I'm going to play Burns. Uh, I'm fading. I, I'm not fading Denny uh, because I'm playing him in cash. Let's just move on to this next, uh, the, this next tier. My second cash game cornerstone is going to be Denny. And it's, it's a cash. It's a, it's a course history play. Basically, because like I'm looking at everyone around here. I had Munoz first. I had Munoz uh, as my cast, second cast in cornerstone. But of course, he withdrew. And like I thought about Montgomery, but he gained like 27 strokes putting last time. I, I, I would th- highly advise you to go back to your original lineup, leave the hundred bucks, and play Montgomery over McCarthy. You think? Yes, he's literally like the, the, the guy is just insane right now as far as what he's been doing. Play Stallings if you don't believe in it. Stallings is a, a six twenty-eight thirty. If you like the history. And someone who's playing good recently. I'm going to play these guys in GPPs. I'm going to play these guys in GPPs. I'm going to stick with Denny and cash. I don't think he's that safe, but I think he's very overpriced and his stats are horrible right now. If you're going even the last 50 rounds, Denny is atrocious at 99. I I got you, but I, you know, I'm going with what he does. He's one of the best Bermuda putters out there. Top five. uh, If this becomes a putting contest, which he normally does is what I would like to see. His iron game hasn't been great. He's been doing a lot of putting, but uh, you know, he was a little bit better last time out uh, with his irons. He wasn't great. But he was like, I think he lost like three and a half strokes a time before. He lost like a half stroke last time. I, I could be mistaken. I'm not looking at my computer when I'm looking at this. This is just going off my memory. And of course, not the greatest memory in the world. Um, and so, yeah, I'm going to stick with Danny. But when it comes when it comes to other plays, uh, I, I, I don't know if I want to go. How, how popular do you think Montgomery would be? Because very. he's pop, very popular. I think yeah. he's a fade for me. But that's why I think he's fine in cash because he's literally coming in off a third. You could say his putting from when last event go before that third, ninth, fourth, third, second, like every field that's like this, he's better than most of the guys up top. It's just the way it shakes out. Just just 12 strokes putting and only losing one in that 1.1 strokes ball striking is not something that I want to doing cash i just can't imagine a better course setup for a guy like him too he's just gonna pound it out there and get all those par fives it's gonna be very hard you just need a made cut and this guy's literally coming top 10 and top five in every of any place yeah he does i just i just don't i don't feel him this week i'm saying what's your thoughts on stallings then i got got some thoughts here but go ahead keep rolling this range What what do you like with stallings yeah i'm playing stallings he's playing really good golf uh, I mean, you know, the end of the year was the best we've seen him play. I'm hoping that he comes back, uh, you know, when in this new year and gets down with it. Um, other guys that I'm thinking of, I'm thinking of Bradley, I'm thinking of Bez, and I'm thinking of Riley. I don't know whether I'm going to play any of them. I'm just thinking of what are your thoughts on those three golfers down on the bottom? I think we got to play some of them because I think, again, I'm going to get – this is a different event than last. I talked about the last one. I'm flipping back, again, from a strategy perspective this week. I'm going to take stands on the value plays. I'm not going to sprinkle every 
corn fairy tour guy up and comer that we all need to get a FOMO piece of. I don't care. I don't mind losing. So I'm going to play the way I want to play. And I think this week it's to sprinkle these guys more because we know Montgomery is going to be popular and we know why for good reason. You mentioned the piece about the putter. I think it's a made cut and plenty of DraftKings scoring. So I'm okay with fitting them in. But I think there are some pivot options here. If you do want to skip them, Stallings being one of them, you mentioned it, forget the course history, which is already good. Besides last year's miscut, it was a 6, 28, 39th, and 43rd. But I told you earlier, I'm not on that. 29th, second, miscut, 13th, 10th, 4th, and 8th is his recent form. Yeah, uh, you, you know, you might have taught me into changing from Denny to Stallings. but Stallings not is what to, I was going to say. Not Denny to, to Montgomery. Recent Denny to form, Stallings. You know what? I'm going to keep it with that. What it is now, it could change by Wednesday when yeah. I bring out my final cash game cornerstone release. I, I rarely ever change. I've changed it like once or twice in all these years that I've done these cash game cornerstones. So it doesn't happen often, but the way you were arguing with me, you might have swayed my way. I'll have to think about it more. Just on this one, I, on. I never do that with you, but this one I feel strongly about the stalling right, thing yeah. too. If you I know. gotta listen to the man. I got to listen to the man, right? A lot of heater the right GPP now, Canadian man, right? So, all right. Um, so, so, so we'll see on Wednesday. I might change that. But for now, stick in Denny. Who else do you like in this 9K range? The other thing I was just going to add on Stalling. So we know what he's got for driving distance. He's top 20. But then you go, look, even like his, his uh, shorter irons are good. So if he comes up a little shorter, he has to lay up or anything like that. He's solid from there. And then you've got 10th in the field in birdie or better too. So I like his scoring. I like Keegan. For that same reason, Keegan is good across the board and all this better than most think with a driver in hand, miscut last year, fourth the year before history recently, not the best, but his stats are solid across the board. And I think in this field at that price, it's fair. And then Grillo and Riley, two other guys that stand out just from a stats perspective, we'll have to wait and see what we get out of them here. Grillo's just been like a safety play, uh, you know, from the past. But if you look at his recent form, 25th, 19th, 31st, second, miscut second, very solid. And then uh, on the stats, Davis Riley right now, eighth in tee to green overall, second birdie or better, third DraftKings scoring, uh, sixth off the tee and top 20 in driving distance. Bet him for sure. Uh, I'm I'm high on Riley, I, you know, higher than maybe I probably should be, but I just think those guys there. So for me, Montgomery, Stallings, Bradley, Grillo, Riley. And like I said, when you're not playing McCarthy, um, you're not going to play everyone up top. I think you can definitely get away with it here because these are the unique price points where there's only one guy at each price tag. What's going to happen is people are going to try and play three $6,800 guys, three $6,900 guys, three seven K guys. Like they're just filling out their pool with all the FOMO plays down low. And I'm going to be willing to take stands down in that seven K range and six K range where my pool can still be like 35 guys out of 156. And, and I'm good with it. Uh, you, you worried about Riley missing three straight cuts here? No. And no. who was that last time? I wish I could remember now. There was someone you said, am I worried about? I think the answer in the end was not to be worried. Okay. I don't remember. But yeah, I, I see where you're coming from. I just, my thing is about why I'm not worried about anything is because it is way too early in the season to worry about anything. Like it's just, you're betting, you're betting a lot on talent. And to me, most of the talent is up here. There is some guys that I believe very strongly in down below, but uh, to, to answer your question, you were actually on the good side of it last time. I just looked it up because I remembered who it was at the Fortinet. You asked me, was I worried about Mav McNeely and something, something, something? And I said, no, and played him. And he shot 75, 69 and missed the cut. But there was a 69 in there. Like the guy, when many were shooting much worse that day, some of the best players at the top shot 67, like Homa shot a 67 in round two and it's and shot his 72 uh, in round three and still won the tournament. So it's like, 
he could have been in the mix. It's just, I don't worry about it too much. You got to get through the first two rounds and make the cut as people know, but uh, I, I don't worry about too much earlier in the season. I'm just playing the guys I like. Okay. Uh, I am switching my cash game cornerstones just to just let solid. you all know. And I know my producer is going to be extremely pissed off at me because I gave him my cornerstone list. And now he has to change <laughs> the, uh, the prompts and everything for it. So sorry, my friend, I apologize, but uh, I'm going to go Stallings over uh, Danny as my second cash game cornerstone. So Thigala, Stallings, and then my third cash game cornerstone, and I changed this. This one's going to be Thomas Detry. Uh, I'm going Detry at $8,800. Uh, birdie maker supreme. The guy just makes a shit ton of birdies, and you're going to need a shit ton of birdies uh, at this event. He makes a ton of cuts. Um, you know, putting, he's good. Par four scoring, par five scoring, all solid. Uh, so I'm going with um, Mr. Detry as my third cash game cornerstone. Uh, other guys I do like in this 8K range, I think I'm going to give Harris English another shot. Uh, at the Fortinet, the last three rounds, uh, I think he shot like, uh, I think he was top five in the field scoring in his final three rounds. Um, I think he finished ninth or 12th or something like that inside the top 15. Uh, and it's Harris English. So, you know, last year at this point in time, we were talking about how he was one of the best golfers in the world, right? Uh, isn't that? And, and I think it so, was two years ago when we were saying, "Is he the new Web?" Who also? Yeah, but I mean, even he won a couple more events that year, though. He yeah. won a he won another event that year, and so I, I'm going to go back to English. I like I love him as a GPP player. I'm going to play the hell out of him. I'm going back to Mullinex. Uh, hopefully, you know, with the flop lag, your favorite uh, thing coming out from last week, missing a cut, hurting a lot of people. Uh, this course seems perfectly suited for him, where he can just pound it the fuck out there, hit a wedge, make a putt. Uh, that's sort of his game. Uh, and so, so I like Mullinax. I'm going to go ahead with him. Who do you, uh, and I like Wyndham Clark. Same type of, of game as Mullinax. You don't need the bombers here. Um, you don't have to go bombers. Uh, it's not necessary, but I like them. So I'm going to go ahead. Uh, and do Clark as well. Who do you like? Yeah, I like the same as you. I like uh, the guy you mentioned there, Mullinex. If you go back, and again, he did it last year here, but he was playing incredible golf before the missed cut. So uh, stats-wise, he rates that extremely well, and I think he shows up here. I like Seamus Power. I like Taylor Moore. If, if you want to get a different Taylor M than Montgomery, you can play both, but if you want to get a different one, hop down here to Taylor Moore. Again, he's got to make the putts, but so does everybody else. It's, that's, that's where he struggles, but I think he's interesting. I like your Thomas Dietrich call. And then Chris Kirk and Wyndham Clark were the two at the bottom that I had a little bit of interest in. So main guys, Moore, Clark, Kirk, and Mullinex, those four in this range are the ones that stand out for me. All right, for the 7K range, I had a really tough time. Uh, why, don't I hear, why don't you go first and see, see what you had? Yeah, I'm going to stick to you know a lot of the same guys that we liked coming into this year, and I'm going to just stay with them. And it's Justin Su, Dean Burmeester, I think is good here at 7,600. Justin Lower, Alex Smalley. Nick Hardy. Those are sort of the five guys in the upper 7K range that I like. Like I said, I'm taking more stands in this range overall. So those would be the five guys that stand out for me up top. Yeah, Nick Hardy. Interesting. Aaron Rye coming off a top five uh, across the pond. I don't remember if it was Italy or France, but it was one of them too. He's coming off a nice little nice little top five there. Justin Saw hurt a lot of people. Could be another flop lag situation. What do you think of Justin Saw? Yeah, I like him. Like I said, I, li I like him coming in. I'm going to take shots on these guys during this swing season. That's when we want to pull the trigger on it. And like I said, I'm not playing everybody for that reason down here. I'm just picking the ones and sticking with them because 
typically that's what ends up happening, right? You, you get mm-hmm. everyone else gets off them. You stick with your guys that you have conviction on for the season. And that's when they'll come through for you. So I, I'm with, I'm with it on that guy. And then uh, Dean Burmeester, I said, I liked underneath them as well. Underneath in the lower half. I like Ben on uh, coming off a really good performance last time. And when I'm not an issue I have with him. And one of the reasons why I switched my cash game cornerstone because he was one of them. But he was sort of an iffy one. It was more of a feel pick for me because of, you know, his third play finished last week. The only problem is he lost strokes with his approaches, uh, which is, you know, not great, even though he finished third. And then, um, and then, you know, him watching the president's cup and live tweeting it, just like I did, maybe not to the extreme that I did, but he was live tweeting. He was in it. He was just seeing his fellow countrymen out there doing what they do, uh, you know, playing so well. Uh, it's got to have some type of motivation for him to just even be on the team the next time. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, this is just uh, narrative speak. You know, there's no, I can't prove anything. It's just what I thought. And so I like Benny on, I bet him 130 to one uh, Adams Fenson. I'm just not going to, they, they're not raising his price. Like, you know, they, they just keep him at this price and he keeps spitting out top 15s every time. Uh, so, so, you know, Spencer, I, I, I'm in uh, on that man. Uh, another guy, uh, Phil, uh, what's his name? Where is he? Paul Haley. Um, Stat-wise, you're not going to see much, but the guy was crushing it on the Corn Ferry Tour, came out, we spoke about him at, before the Fortinet Championship, went out, delivered, top 15, really, really uh, strong player, not a young guy. If I remember correctly, like he's a, he's a journeyman who's been around the block. Um, and so I, I like him uh, as a cheap play. And Hubbard, uh, Hubbard 11 cash, hint, hint. Uh, and then uh, yeah, I'm a big fan. Go ahead, Tambo. Yeah, I, I was just counting it up. I think it was at like 16 guys above this range. And there's 109 guys from 7,400 and below. And I've got maybe 15, 16. So that's like I said, and then I can sprinkle in. But I'm guessing around a 35-man pool this week. And it looks like mm-hmm. we're on some of the same. Because that's where I said some of the prices just don't seem solid here. It just seems like they threw everybody in this range. So there's a lot that stands out here. Benny on who you talked about. Svensson, Hubbard, Will Gordon. Luke List, all guys that I like, Robbie Shelton, Steven Yeager, Joseph Bramlett. And it sounds like a lot, but like I said, I'm not even at 10 yet. So uh, Patrick Rogers stands out, Neesmith, Buckley, really uh, Fratelli. Like there's, you know, that's probably 12, 13. That's kind of where I'm at. And I just don't love the 6K range. I'll have a few down here for sure. But, you know, it doesn't mean I'll play all those guys, but that's the ones that stood out of the, uh, you know, whatever was in there. But there's 109 guys, 7,400 and below a bunch of people are going to just take shots and sprinkle around on them. I'm just going to get heavier on those guys and then sprinkle in the ones that I like up top to try and close out my lineups. All right, let's go to this 6K range. Uh, a few guys I like, T Dunks uh, at 6,900. T to green, he's solid. Uh, you know, off the T, great. Uh, really good on the 400 to 450 yard uh, par fours uh, that we're going to see seven, six or seven of uh, this week. Uh, I'm going back to MJ Duffy. I think he's finished top 10 here before. Uh, I could be wrong. I could just be taking this information out of the sky. But if I remember correctly, I think he's top 10 here before. Long off the team. 12th, 12th. So bomb and gouge. You know, that, that, that'd be his type of game. Super long off the team. Um, so, so I like him uh, for that. Chesson Hadley, one of the better players, one of the better putters on Bermuda grass greens. He's had some, ups here uh in the last like three or four months um i'll go ahead and play him um my favorite place probably austin smotherman 
um, approach game strong. Tita Green, well above average. Birdie or better, well above average. Really good off the tee. Really good from 150 to 175. You're going to see a lot of approaches uh, in that range. So uh, Smotherman, another guy that I like down here. Um, there's more. Sam Ryder at a birdie fest, right? Yeah. Sam Ryder yes. at a birdie fest, $6,600. You got to play him. Um, uh, who do you like in this range? I'm, I'm adding that bet before we get to, we're not going to get to bets for a couple minutes, but Ryder first round leader. Don't let me forget. So I'm putting that one on there. We would have bet Munoz for that too, by the way, if yeah. we had been uh, here, but not a lot down here. Like I said, I like Carl Juan, 6,900. Yeah. Callum Taron, 6,900. I like your Smotherman call at 68. I like your MJD call there. And then down below was just two. And you, t- you said one of them was Ryder. The other yeah. one was Vince Whaley. And the last one is Augusto Nunez for me. Again, fast and furious. But the point is, I guess, like, that's what I'm Who's saying. Who's Augusto People, Nunez? Why do I not know who he is? We played him at the Fortinet. He makes a lot Did of we? birdies coming off uh, the Cornbury uh, Tour, doing, you know, uh, solid guy that you could play. But like I said, I, the reason is because I know the guys that I want to play and I'm sticking with it. Whenever there's so many guys down here that you can make cases for that people are going to play, that it just depends on what you like. Well, one other long shot flyer. I know our, our boy Skyler likes him. Brandon Matthews at 6,200 just bombs it off the yeah. tee. I, don't I mean, if you're him. looking for a bomb and gouge, that's yeah. the guy, right? I mean, that's the guy. Yeah, I like that. So, yeah, that, that's where I'll close it off, Kenny. Like I said, it's not a lot of course history stuff for me. A lot of these guys have the stats to go with it. So, it definitely is stats plays. But it's also guys that I'm sort of betting on long-term talent and seeing it come through in the swing season. So I don't really want to go away from that because now is the time we're way more likely to see it, obviously, than when we get into these regular season events and we have much stronger fields. So this is the time to do it, but you have to do it where you can't play all of them. If you go back and rewind the show and just play the guys I said, it's probably 35 guys and that could be your player pool and you mix it around. That's really what it comes down to for me. And that's that's how I'm going to do it this week. Yeah, I usually use 30 to 35 golfers a week also. So that's normally what I do. Um, now, all right, so let's get the bets. I got the Heath, 20 to 1. Detry, 40 to 1. Wyndham Clark, 50 to 1. Hubbard, 80 to 1. Benny on 80 to 1. And then I got four bombs. So, yeah, it's like nine bets. <laughs> uh, so I got Smotherman, 130 to 1. MJ Duffy, 130 to 1. Will Gordon, 130 to 1. Paul Haley, 130 to one. Nice. Yeah, I got I got five and I'm gonna add that right. So Ryder first round leader will be my sixth bet this week. But uh Riley 45, Benny on 90, Shelton 100, Bramlett 100, and Carl Juan 125, all with the top five each way. So uh again, could see that again this week. Last time it was uh who was it? Taylor Montgomery. Homa ended up winning it, but I got uh Montgomery was top five. And I got uh, Benny on top five last time at 200 to one. Yeah, that was a nice week as well. So uh, from yeah, the I had Benny on, yeah, I had Benny on, to, but not top five. No, each so way. Yeah, so that's yeah. the challenge. He got the full payout on the each way. So yeah, if all I had each way betting, I'd probably be rich. Yeah, you should like, look I mean, at it. I remember the season before last, I had like 17 runner-ups. Or yes, something I like, do remember that. Some like stupid number like that. Okay. Literally, like in the teens. The only thing is, is you don't want to bet it. I mean, I personally don't, you don't want to bet it. Like if it, if your second places were guys that were 20 to one, then they finished second and it sucks. They didn't win because they were a pretty solid favorite to win, but I'm not each way in guys that are 20 to one, like some is not, it's just not worth it money wise. You're adding more money to it and you're, you're hurting your overall payout. So I typically only each way when it's like 50 to one and up. 50 to one or worse. 
Yeah, this this week because it's Riley at 45 and because Riley has, you know, shown the ability to not well, so far he hasn't shown the ability to close, the opposite of what I was trying to say, where I'm okay with it because I'll it's 45. It's right on the cusp, and the rest of my bets are all super long shots. So it's not killing my overall return, which is what I want to get. So uh, I did each way him this week at 45, but usually I don't at anybody mm-hmm. in that range. Just a just a everyone has their own way of doing it, it's just the way I do it. Yeah, I mean, that sounds good. Uh, I'm sure at some point in time, uh, each way will come. That, that I'll join a book that has each way. Yeah, let <laughs> right Ben Kenny know on Twitter. I think there is. Hit I him up. I think, I think, I think like there's one, a book you can I get. There's one. I think, I think there's, there's a one. reputable book. I just don't know, and we don't talk about yeah. it on here. But I think yeah, there is one so. that you can get. So yeah. I might have to. I might have to jump on that because it's just been too much of a pain every weekend where I have a guy in the top, like you know, three going into Sunday and. They finish second or third, and I don't get shit. Uh, happens almost every week. Uh, so, so yeah. So, all right. So, uh, that should be it. Anything else before we sign off? Joe, Joey Scovern on the bag for for Tom Kim. We didn't talk about it earlier, but that that was yeah. an interesting move. He says, "Who was he? Fowler? Him. Was he Fowler's, Fowler's old? old yeah. 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 Remember yeah. Fowler just so, Fowler just so, went so, over to. So hopefully that old Fowler shit doesn't rub off on him. Also, you know we got to make sure we we we. We, we treat Tom with kid gloves because the last person named Kim with that much firepower and personality, <laughs> we don't see him anymore. So, Do you really think that he's like the next Anthony Kim, though? I don't know. I, who knows? He's 20 years old. He could yeah. be anything the fuck he wants. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He could be, if he puts his mind to it, works his ass off, goes out there, I mean, he, he could still get exponentially better because he's only 20. Look how you know, motivated you but, are on a Monday, baby. Let's go. But, but Motivation but he also, speeches. He, he, he could also be worse. <laughs> I, uh, it's golf. You never fucking know. But I mean, like, at that age, the way he's going, I mean, he looks amazing. But, you know, we've seen people burn out. We've seen people, you know, blaze out in, in glory and then never hear from him again. We've seen people who are supposed to be the next. Ty Tryon, next. You know, Chad Campbell, cover of Sports Illustrated, next. You know what I'm saying? Where the fuck are they now? Yeah. Right. We do that a lot in golf. That's why I wonder, yeah. but uh, yeah. I lo- I'm happy for the kid and I love it right now. It made an exciting, it made the event even more exciting than it already was. Like, you know, if you, if you weren't into it, that definitely got you into it a little bit more. Him and Homa, the fi- even the Homa firepower came through quite a bit and we already Homa know was great. Homa, Homa was great. He was, he Homa was great. awesome at the event as well. So uh, another thing. So I lost that. I lost the Homa bet by one because that Homa is my top American. Uh, and then I had like uh who was it? Sungjae top um, international, top international, and he lost by half a point. Yeah. So yeah, that's how that's how my betting card went last week too. <laughs> so that was great. All right. So you can find me on Twitter at KendoVT. You can find my article on GupsCorner.com. Should be out later today uh, or tomorrow. I'll, I'll, I'll ship it in uh, after the podcast is over. Uh, use promo code. Uh, and then on Wednesday, I'll have my on Gups Corner. I'll have my final betting card. I might add one more. <laughs> make it 10 make it a 10 bet person card yeah. um so betting card uh, cash king cornerstones and favorite gpp place in each price range use promo code kenny save yourself 30 percent on a membership tambo you can find me on twitter at toe tag and tambo hit me up there uh, tidbits are coming out for nfl every saturday there's been some really good ones past couple weeks having a great run in showdown uh, shift the slate last thursday president's cup right after so on a little bit of a heater Check that out and find me at rumpuresports.com. Every sport, one price. You can use promo code RPSHEATER25 to get yourself 25% off your first payment. All right, that sounds good. We're headed to Mississippi this week. 
It's going to be a good tournament. It's always a good tournament. Bomb and gouge the fuck out of this place. Roster Koreans win cups. Let's win some motherfucking money. D-Gen Nation. <laughs> This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.